This is Speaking of Writers on Capital Region Sunday. I'm Steve Richards. A leading expert offers a new assessment of Hitler as a military commander and strategist. It is often said that Hitler lost Germany the war. His uncompromisingly radical goals, impulsiveness, tendency to pursue several objectives simultaneously, and his inherent mistrust of subordinates propelled the country towards humiliating defeat. Indeed, Hitler's own generals published memoirs after the war, claiming that their military leadership had been catastrophically undermined by the Fuhrer's erratic decision-making. The book is The First Soldier, Hitler as Military Leader. The author is Stephen G. Fritz, professor at East Tennessee State University. Makes his home in Johnson City, Tennessee, and joins me now here on Speaking of Writers. Stephen, welcome to this program. Uh, well, thank you for having me, Steve. So this is your third book on uh, Germany, and why did you focus on Hitler in this one? Well, actually, it's my fourth book on, on Germany in World War II, but um, I, um, I, 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 I focused on Hitler primarily at the suggestion of, um, of, of the editor at Yale University Press in London, who had contacted me after my third book came out, which was called Ostkrieg, uh, History of the German-Soviet War, and she, she suggested that it might be a good time to have a reassessment of Hitler as a military leader. It had been, oh, probably three decades since there had been a, a, any previous assessments. And as you had mentioned in your in your introduction, most of the um, relevant uh, image, mo- most of the understanding of Hitler had come from his, his disgruntled general. So her suggestion was maybe to take a fresh look at it and, and kind of uh, get an idea, maybe reinterpret or reassess Hitler is a military leader, so I have to give I have to give credit to Heather McCallum at Yale University Press for suggesting the idea to me. So, what is your new assessment, in a nutshell, of Hitler as military commander and strategist? Well, I, I don't know that I have a, uh, a radically different uh, interpretation. I, I try to take a more nuanced uh, interpretation, I suppose, in, in the sense of um, uh, the, the generals after the war who almost uniformly blamed all the the, um, the military defeats on Hitler's uh, poor judgment, his his poor decision making, his running ramshot over the uh, over the roughshod over the uh, generals. I try to introduce a little bit more of a of a nuanced view to, to show that, uh, for example, um, Hitler usually had uh, support amongst uh, a, a good number of his generals for most of his for most of his major decisions. He was not just operating out of the blue. He could almost always call on support from um, a good number. In many cases, well over half of his top advisors in military generalship uh, would support his decisions. Um, he rarely, despite this image of Hitler again running roughshod over his generals, he rarely forced them um, to accept his ideas, uh, which is one of the things that surprised me, quite frankly, when I got to looking. Um, for example, the best example is probably the, <clears throat> the three-week uh, forced hiatus around Smolensk in late July and early August 1941, which some military historians argue might have cost Germany a chance uh, to actually defeat the Soviet Union in 1941. And the, the gist of this delay, part of it was enforced, in fact, a good bit of it was enforced uh, because of supply difficulties and fierce Soviet resistance. But a good, a good bit of, of it was spent with Hitler arguing with his generals over what to do after the, 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 the um, battle around Smolensk was uh, wrapped up. 
if Hitler had simply been the Hitler of caricature, he, he would have uh, just imposed his will on his generals, and that would have been that. Instead, they, they actually spent three weeks arguing back and forth, and Hitler wrote multi-page memoranda uh, trying to convince his generals that, that he was right and they were wrong. So it, it's kind of a, it, in that sense, it was kind of an interesting sort of um, uh, understanding that, that, that Hitler oftentimes... Um, was in fact uh, making, dare I say it, rational choices at the time that, that he was making these decisions. We're chatting with Stephen uh, G. Fritz. His book is The First Soldier, Hitler as Military Leader. Stephen, let's talk about some of your research here. Uh, primary documents, records of military conferences, diaries, memoirs, Hitler's uh, own words. What surprised you the most going through all this research? I would say, again, the, the thing that, that surprised me the most, I hadn't anticipated that uh, Hitler would have, uh, in a sense, negotiated as much with his generals as he did. I was a bit surprised that uh, he wasn't uh, perhaps more forth, forceful as the, as the kind of the stereotype of Hitler would indicate. Um, I was surprised in, in listening to him that um, I would say oftentimes as I try to get across in the book, Hitler, the, the political leader, Hitler as Fuhrer, oftentimes interfered with, with Hitler as uh, the military leader. In, in other words, Hitler was, in a sense, juggling both responsibilities. He, As the political leader of the German state, he obviously had entered the war with certain very radical, long-range goals, foremost amongst them um, the acquisition of Lebensraum, or living space for the Germans. And in order to um, to acquire these goals, Hitler had to think in terms of strategy and kind of the overall political situation in such a way that um, his generals, for example, didn't often understand. And one of the things that I think I came to understand and then appreciate a little bit more through through doing the research was that Hitler oftentimes um, had a very clear strategic sense that his generals didn't appreciate. And I'll give you one, one quick example. In the, in, uh, I mentioned the famous argument um, uh, around the, the time of the Battle of Smolensk in, in late July, August of, of 1941. As the battle was wrapping up and as the Germans, were, as this argument raged, uh, Halder, who was the chief of the general staff, actually called in um, General Guderian, to argue in favor of a strike towards Moscow, and not as Hitler wanted to turn the um, the, the German forces south and uh, defeat uh, Red Army troops down in in Ukraine to the east of Kiev. And of course, uh, Guderian made the argument, the classic military operational argument for the for the push on Moscow. And Hitler sat patiently and listened to Guderian for for a long time. And then um, basically answered Guderian with a withering put-down, saying that his, his generals failed to understand at all uh, economics. And the whole point of the war, of course, for Hitler was uh, acquiring valuable territory and resources, especially oil. So his famous comment was, my generals just don't understand economics. And at that, Guderian immediately uh, dropped his opposition and supported Hitler's turn to the south because Guderian understood that Hitler was right. Uh, the German generals did not understand the, the strategic point of the war uh, from Hitler's point of view, which was the acquisition of material resources. 
chatting with Stephen Fritz here on uh, Speaking of Writers. His book is The First Soldier, Hitler as Military Leader. All right, now, Stephen, the what-if question. Let's talk Normandy. And you're talking a lot about the generals. If they had awakened him sooner, what would the outcome have been there? Big question here. Uh, yeah, that's a good question. And, and, and the short answer it would probably be not much. Um, that, that's, I, I think that's one of the one of the enduring myths of the of the Normandy invasion that the, that the generals who are his aides were afraid to to wait to awaken Hitler. Hitler notoriously or, or famously worked at night and would customarily not go to bed until about three or four in the morning, and then would would be awakened around eleven thirty uh, to have his breakfast about noon. In in fact, in point of fact, and that's another thing that kind of surprised me about the research. In point of fact, the German generals at, at on on the site in Normandy and in in Paris, German commanders in France, until about mid morning on on June sixth, thought that they had the situation under control, and so it was not until about oh probably nine thirty, ten o'clock, ten thirty, something like that that they actually began to realize that they didn't have the situation under control and that's when they de- that's when they decided to um, to uh, contact Hitler's headquarters and ask for the release of the of the, the panzer units under Hitler's personal control so the the gap in time which the you know if you go by the myth the gap in time the the, the allies come ashore at you know early in the morning about six o'clock and Hitler doesn't wake up until eleven thirty so there's about a five or five and a half hour gap there in actuality the real gap was about an hour or an hour and a half before Hitler was contacted and 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 authorized the release of the Panzer units um, in the, in in that sense the bigger the bigger problem at Normandy. Was not so much one that that concerned Hitler. The biggest, I think, the more problematical dispute at Normandy, which might have decided the outcome of the battle, was between uh, Rommel, who was the commander of of the Norm, the immediate operational area of Normandy, and um, a Panzer general named Geyer von Schreppenberg, uh, who was the commander of the Panzer Reserve Forces under. Um, the commander in chief of the West, who was Field Marshal Rundstedt, and what you see is a is a fundamental and a fundamentally interesting debate over how to defeat the invasion. Uh, both men were confident that they could defeat the invasion, but Rommel, interestingly enough, who'd had a, a experience of Allied um, air power in um, in North Africa, uh, Rommel favored uh, confronting the Allies directly on the beaches in order to prevent the Allies even from getting uh, some sort of um, uh, foothold on the beaches. Schreppenberg, who had more experience in, in the French campaign, in Belgium, actually um, favored allowing the Allied troops to come ashore and then uh, launch a devastating counterattack a few days later after the Allies had gotten ashore. Either one of the strategies you know, arguably would have been would have been uh, advisable. I mean, you can make a military argument for either one of them. Uh, in the event, of course, uh, the, the dispute was not settled, and Hitler, in kind of classic fashion, and this kind of goes back to my earlier point that that Hitler rarely imposed his will on his generals in in the sense that we understand that. Hitler, rather than uh, decide in favor of one option or the other, Hitler kind of um, kind of um, 
took the Solomonic approach. He, he decided to divide the baby. He decided to divide the Panzer forces, and he gave some to Rommel, and he gave some to Schreppenberg, and basically never made a clear decision as to which strategy was to be followed. So in the event the Germans tried to follow both strategies and, and ultimately, of course, failed, on, on the first day at Normandy, there was a counterattack by the 21st Panzer Division, which actually some tanks got to the beach. They attacked right down the dividing line between British and Canadian forces, and they, in fact, got to the beaches, but it was largely Allied naval firepower and control of the air, which forced them uh, to retreat. And then when the Germans tried to organize for a large-scale counterattack, again, it was Allied control of the air, which, which largely uh, uh, prevented the Germans from launching an effective counterattack. So in the event, the fact that the, the Allies had overwhelming air and naval superiority was probably the determining factor at Normandy rather than any uh, alleged mistake made, uh, made by Hitler in, in, terms of, um, in terms of how to direct battle. Stephen Fritz, the book, The First Soldier, Hitler as Military Leader. Thank you so much for joining me. It's been my pleasure, Steve. Thank you. And this is Speaking of Writers, and that is Capital Region Sunday, a production of Townsquare Media Albany for this week. Thank you for listening. We'll be back again next week with another edition. I'm Steve Richards.